When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. This one is explicit. Hi, Jess. Hello, darling. How's it going over there in your land? <laughs> well... Rough. Yeah, not going to lie. Yes. Um, no, I I've been been watching this show um, named Miranda. It's a British comedy. Oh, and I just finished it this morning, and um, I kind of miss it already. So I've been thinking in a British accent, Mame, like all morning, as in like Mame, as in mother, as in no Miranda, no Miranda. Okay, it's called I, Miranda. I thought you said Mame She's... Miranda, but it's. No, no. Okay. It's named Miranda. Her it's name named. is Miranda Hart, and she was a um, a supporting uh, player in the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy. But she has her own sitcom. She's actually relatively famous in in Britain for her for her sitcom. Anyway, I became addicted to it. I don't know why. Now that it's over, I have a problem. Uh, yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, yeah. I'm sad without it. So, um, yeah. but yeah, other than that, just you know, Mars is in retrograde now. We don't talk much about that one. Okay. Mars <laughs> is in retrograde? It just started Mars. like a couple of days ago. And basically, okay. it's like um, it sort of slugs your energy down. So like stuff that you're feeling all gung-ho about and super excited about, like you kind of start procrastinating and like taking your time to figure things out. It's just slows you, it slows you down a little bit. It slows down your energy. I'm struggling through it. Yeah, are you? Yeah, I've been a little bit tired. I've I've started to because I'm tracking so many things around me. I started to see that I have a a big dip, like that happens in the afternoon. Totally a big dip. Where and I and really? since I'm doing that cleanse, you know, the yogi detox, I'm off of any caffeine really. Like I'm not I'm not going to my usuals. Like usual, I'll be like, oh, I'll just have a little cup of black tea, or I'll have some chocolate, or I'll have you know something that's gonna. Just give me a an external energy boost, mm-hmm. and that's been so it's like, challenging. Yeah, it me. means new projects kind of fizzle, romance fizzles, arguments. Uh, the hostility comes back to haunt you later. Things that happen while Mars is in retrograde are frustrating, plagued with disruptions until they just fizzle out. But that's oh, stuff gosh. that's like, yeah, I know. It's like it's probably going to be a lot of pod fading. <laughs> That's what hmm. I'm thinking. Yeah, that's but, um, that's true. I, you know, I had a little bit of that. It was like, oh my god, there's so much of. I, I'm getting information overload. Is what I'm getting right now, and it's been really, really tough for me to start to like clear out my brain from so much yes information coming in. And it then I like, just want to like take a walk and not do any of it. Yeah, that's my that's, problem. Yep, that's exactly how I feel as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I do I really? That's why I've been watching so much Miranda. Oh right. Well, you know, speaking of English, I'm kind of obsessed with a new, like, it's not a new series. A new it's not series? a new series. It's a book. It's oh, audio. It's an audible book series. It's not audible, as in like audible, just 
from Audible, but just like it's an audio book. It's Maisie Dobbs. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. heard from no, her. No, Maisie so Dobbs. Maisie Dobbs, and she. It's so cool because I think the series starts in like nineteen. I think 1910 or maybe even earlier than that, but like the main chunk of that first book starts in 1914 and it, and it kind of moves and grows from that. And she is an invest, she's, she kind of ends up being an investigator. And then with the investigating, what she is, is like, she sort of like ends up growing up in from, she's a lower class type of person and then she gets taken into a wealthy house and there and she's super smart and then after that the guy that is her mentor kind of teaches her like how to deduce things and investigate things but also has like this edge of meditation and spirituality which is kind of weird so Maisie meditates all the time to feel like she's really into feeling moving into like her intuition and all this stuff but she's also very very put together so she doesn't really ever show emotions and they talk about World War One and how it affects um, England and all kinds of stuff and her mysteries are really great so I'm kind of obsessed with Maisie Dobbs She's Fun. fabulous. I want to be Maisie Dobbs. I love Why Maisie Dobbs. Why can't you? Oh, I am Maisie Dobbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, I, I adore her. So anyway, sorry for that um, segue there. For That wasn't a segue. That was like a random. So you guys, if any of you guys listening to Maisie Dobbs mystery stories, tell me that you love her too because I just adore, I adore the fact that she gets all wound up and then she comes home and she's all dressed. Could you imagine like somebody all dressed up in like in the four, like their 30s or 40s outfits and then she they, she comes home and sits down on the floor cross-legged and meditates to calm down. I think that's fabulous. I love it. I love it. It's like Monk. Did you ever watch the show Monk? If you like this, I know that this is your thing because it's meditation, but Monk was a show about a detective, but he was um, extremely OCD. Yeah. And so like occasionally he would go into like, you know, places he was investigating and and he would have to like touch the tips of things or like rearrange them in a different order. He was always pissing people off, but somehow he always solved the crime but i just we loved that it was he was ocd because scott's very ocd and it was always hilarious oh god all through watching the show i would turn to scott and be like would you do that and sometimes he would say yes sometimes he would say no but it was always funny i'm gonna have to check it out because i you're like the second person that i like love that has told mentioned monk and i've never really like oh uh, so funny adrian so have to give it up adrian monk is the guy's name oh tony shalhoub is the actor yeah because i've so seen the good i've monk. seen yeah. i've seen the thingy majigger like the front page you know the whatever the way that they it's a super fun show you would love it um and miranda you can watch on hulu and, and hulu. it's a hilarious comedy she's about six foot one totally ridiculous she owns a joke shop a joke shop what is that yeah it's, it's like a you know like a gift shop but that they sell like you know you know like inflatable oh, beanbag you mean chairs like the and like twins over in harry potter yeah yeah exactly um she has a joke shop and her mother's like very um intrusive and she likes the guy who works at the restaurant next door and they were college friends but she's like this she's constantly falling on her it's like mr bean and <laughs> melissa mccarthy i don't know i can't explain it but she's very funny she's always falling on her face it's hilarious all right any who's who's so have you gotten your tickets for um our event our brunch bash that's happening in chicago everybody out there 
I hope you have. Yeah, she's not talking to me. I no. have my ticket. <laughs> she's talking to you, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, get you your are... tickets. Get your this tickets. Is distracting. Should I stop now? Yes, Elton's please. driving you crazy. No, it is not. Yeah, you know the other thing about a British accent is that if the other person's doing it, you can't not do it. <laughs> so if you notice, every time I do it, Elsie does it as well. That's if I'm pulling her puppet string. Oh my it's god! Hilarious. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've got an intruder. <laughs> hey, sir! Stop touching! No. <laughs> Goodbye, Isaac. I love you. I've got it. Poor Isaac is Bye. like, what happened to Mama? Why is Not she? before he didn't grab a lifesaver. Talking like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was weird. So um, yeah, so it's it's a little bit it's a little bit uh, contagious, if you will. Contagious. Anyway, yeah, get your oh my your god, tickets for our get your tickets for our event. What are you waiting for? I think totally. The, by the time this goes live, I think you've only got like. Two, two weeks for the early bird I know. price is two over weeks. oh my please god please buy it like right now right now shepodcast.com slash pm16 and it's going to be off the hook and so great to be able to see all of you guys there please 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 sign up and get your tickets like right away as soon as you can yes. and love of all that for the, yes and if you know go into uh, podcast movement add a little bit a little bit of time you can still do it you can still check out of your hotel and then Come. attend, and then leave. Okay, Eat right from the restaurant. Exactly, comedy. You, know? you could totally do that, and you can. Uh, you don't have to stay for the entire amount of time. You can show up a little bit for a little bit of time. So just to say hi or whatever, you can absolutely do that. So don't you know? Don't fret. And if don't you haven't, and if you happen to not be going to podcast movement because you kind of didn't want to do the whole thing. Maybe you can just show up for our event just on that day, and then that would Pop be like Chicago awesome. Friday night. Come to the brunch, hang out. I think I'm not going home till Sunday, so we could hang out all day Saturday and then go home Sunday. See, that'll be perfect—a nice little weekend to get away. Because, mind you, that was a uh, some people ha- had a little. Uh, I don't know about that because podcast movement changed the dates to kind of like start on a Wednesday, which was a little hmm. That's strange. For for a lot of us, so we're going to see how that that works out for having um, this event happen on in the middle of the week rather than on a weekend. So if that was your thing that was keeping you from attending, maybe coming along for the weekend would be great, and then that way you could just meet all the peeps that you know really count. That matter. <laughs> I know. We almost <laughs> we kind of said the same thing. Oh la 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 la. All right. So anyway, sign up for that. Shepodcast.com slash pm. 16. Okay, so let's get into some of my tips really quick. Tips and tools. Let's get into it for the love of all that is holy. Let's get into it. I just have to say something. I have one of those fridges that like if you leave it open too long, it goes like a -a ding-a-ling-a-ling. Yeah. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. And I think that um, she wasn't aware that I could hear the ding-a-ling-a-ling. But it's now been twice now where she's been in the fridge and it's been open too long and it'll ding-a-ling-a-ling and I'm like twitching. It's so (gasps) annoying. It's annoying me so badly. She doesn't close it. I might have to like, I'm going to have to like... just rip my hair out of my head. And go anyway, shut the Go ahead. All right. Ah, so annoying. Oh, okay. my God. All right. Elsie's tool tips. So, two, so cool tip number one today is ringer. 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 R-I-N-G-R now has a desktop app. So if you guys knew about Ringer in the past, Ringer uh, in the first place was an iOS only app where you could connect with a potential 
guest, co-host, via just your phone. Jess and I, I think we tested it. We have did it. Yeah, we, we did. Have we did tested it. it a while ago. And it yeah. was fine. It was, you know, it's a, it's a great um, emergency tool for you to have. Rob and I actually used it because he was in the in an airport actually when we recorded a, an episode of the feed, and it worked out very very well because we connected together. It, mind you, we are co-hosts. You both have to have the app, and it does some audio filtering for you. So it was really great. Is that. Rob's audio, even though he was at an airport and there was all that noise in the background, it sounded very, very good considering everything. I was very impressed with that. Um, it gives you two separate files, blah, blah, blah. But you could really just only do it via the iPhone app. Now, though, they have released a desktop app. And the desktop app kind of uh, takes – it's sort of like the other desktop app that we've been using or we've also attempted to use. Who the heck was that called again? The one that John told us to stop the experiment for. Oh, my gosh. I cannot even. Wait. Um, Zencaster? Yes, Zencaster. Thank you so much. I, I thought we sounded good on that. What happened well, to that? I think that what was happening is um, we were having troubles, not necessarily you and I listening to each other or even our audio, but it's still really tough in the workflow, Jess. It's like for both of the times that we did it, I got my audio up, but then something happened to your audio in post so that the MP3, oh, right, you know, right. the, the MP3 automatically got uploaded, but your, something happened to your wave file. And it is that sort of like where he was like, okay, enough with that. that. Probably my it, old shit computer. That probably had nothing to do with Zencaster. I hate to have. give them a bad rap because right. my computer is dysfunctional, was, was dysfunctional right now it is not and i actually you know i'm not giving it a bad rap i think that there are still some no you're not oopsies that are coming around there and the thing is that we have this workflow and it's working for us and if it really truly doesn't anymore then i think that we have viable options and ringer as of now i guess it's another viable option i have not tested it out so ladies if any of you ladies have decided to check out ringer the desktop version let us know and we will let you know. But I will have a link in the show notes so that you guys can check that out, how you can use that as another way for you to connect with a co-host or for you to have um, interviews again. Now, I have another tip to Crystal from support over at Libsyn. The lovely woman put up a troubleshooting show updates in iTunes blog post that is very thorough. And the reason she did that is because the Libsyn support as well as almost every other podcaster, regardless of whether they host with Libsyn or not, as of late, is constantly going, why hasn't my podcast updated in iTunes? What's yeah. going on with is my that how podcast? They, oh, my God. Is that how they sound? That's exactly how they sound, which is even more annoying. And so then all of a sudden, it's like droves and droves of podcasters going, why hasn't my podcast updated? And there are a few things that actually you and I, Jess, have talked about it like this. And we really, really get clear with this stuff in Podcasting School for Women. But now there's a blog post and it's very thorough. And then you can go ahead and check that out. If your blog, if your iTunes page is not updated with your latest episode before you freak out, and you start posting in every single Facebook group for podcasters and social media that there is and emailing support for whatever, whoever hosts your stuff, read this article because it really breaks it down. And then it also gives you the steps to take 
if everything's okay. All right? So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Whew. So is that it? Oh, my gosh. And then there's like Safari tab list. This is a... A new uh, update, right? Actually new? not. It's not, not a new update. It is... How do you call these little things? What is this link? Yeah, I know. It's a download? A it, it, yeah, if you have to, do, it, it's per, it's three dollars. It's two dollars and ninety nine cents. Did you and purchase it? No, I have not because, but I really <laughs> like because because I haven't really done the, the. But anyway, I know Mac Update. My Mac Update, the website where that you're on right now, MacUpdate.com, usually has apps and things like that that you can download. And I know that there's a word for this type of app, which is a really small app, and really it only does one job. And what it does is whenever you have like all the tabs open on Safari, it then takes all the URLs of that and the page names and creates a text file for you with all of that stuff. So for me, for people like me who are constantly, like right now we have so many tabs open because we have all of these things to talk about on Sheet Podcasts. One of the things that takes a lot of time for creating show notes is gathering the slew of URLs. So this would basically just do it for you. For three bucks, you could create a workflow where all of a sudden all of the links that are open in Safari at that time, you can definitely have. So... I just thought that that was genius. I haven't downloaded just simply because I haven't had a chance to, and I put it in the list and I forgot to talk about it afterwards. And my last little tip that I have is TapeWrite. And TapeWrite, I, again, have not you know, gone in there because I've kind of been in a little bit in the seclusion. Like I'll, I'll find the information, but I think it's a little bit too much input for me right as of now, and I don't want to deal with the input so much. But TapeWrite, if you go to tapewrite.com, it's in beta, And what it says, like right at the top, it says, stay informed, be entertained. The best audio shows and documentaries curated by a community you trust. And it's sort of... How do they know we trust them? I know, right? That's a tall order, sir. Right? And see, this is is like what I don't understand as of now. Um, This is supposed to be kind of like another anchor that we talked about that in a couple of episodes ago a few episodes ago actually oh dear which is supposed to be driving community and bringing conversation around audio and i think this is another possible cross-posting opportunity for your shows because when you go to the top page of tape right it has startup it has ted radio hour it has slate NPR's Planet Money. So as you can see, these are all of the procasters. Obviously, there's, except for Diane Carlin, maybe here is one of the only people who are non always surprisingly awesome. There's like a, nah, whatever. You have to, I think you have to put your stuff in here. So this is another opportunity for you to get your stuff out. I have not, again. Is it full stuff or? I mean, Anchor is just supposed to be small little bitsies. It's supposed to be small little bitsies. I think that this is like you can cross-post your stuff. Oh, oops, it's playing. It has a nice player. I guess you can share and comment. Like you can comment on the show as it's playing. You can share it, share this card, link to the tape. I guess so this is a really good way to share your content. And I think that it also shares probably... In the time frame, maybe that you see there, mm-hmm. there's bookmarks. So it's just another and oh, and you can move if you press on the dots. Have you seen that on in startup? If you go in, you can actually tap on the little dots that they have in there, and there are certain quotes and sponsors in every dot. Oh, really? So you they- can actually share that. Oh. So, 
That's interesting. Not sure if that's available for everybody, but it looks kind of neat. Like one of the quotes for Startup Almost Famous Season 3, Episode 1 says, quote, oh, this Gmail thing is brilliant, unquote. Like you yeah. can make applications on the web. They make meet, you know, like there's a quote that they have in there. And they also. It's like a lot of work. I know, right? I don't know who did that, though. I don't know if the. I don't know. Um, this looks like so much work. True. But in case you guys want to go check it out. I mean, I think it's great, price. but it's the same with Clamor. Like, you really need, like, a whole yeah. team to yep. do Which all the things you want to do with your audio. why there's only, like, procasters here. And I don't think... And then the thing is, guys, you have to understand that this kind of stuff, too. It's like, these companies are coming up, creating this these ideas, right? They're pretty cool, because they're cool ideas. And what they do is they go, we have to reach out to all of the established people like, you know, the Gimlets and the NPRs and the WNYCs and blah, 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 blah that we all know and love. And then they go, do you want to be part of it? And they're like, oh, yeah, that would be really neat. And they could even say, I don't know if we have time. And they're like, we'll do it for you. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so they right. do all the work. And then you think, oh, this is cool. I want to do it. But nobody's doing it for you. Right. So, <laughs> so that's right. No one's doing it for us. We got to do it ourselves. Therefore, it never gets done. Because I liked Anchor for the first two days I was on it. Same with Periscope. Yeah. Now I'm over it. Yeah, it's too much stuff. And and actually, you might even be over Snapchat. Are you over Snapchat? Well, I'm taking. You're getting it's, there. Aren't it's you? the whole yo. It's the detox thing, dude. I've really, I've getting really, it out of you. yeah. I'm sort of like stepping back a little bit from almost any social media. You know, I haven't even posted anything to Instagram. And I love Instagram. Wow. For over a month, I posted two pictures yesterday and the day before kind of coming back. But I've really taken a huge backseat because w- it was too much input. And I've taken mm-hmm. a little bit of a break. And then I, yeah, I don't even want to go down this road. But I really was suffering a lot with creating content that was reactionary to something that came to me rather than creating content that I wanted to put out. Mm-hmm. So I was always feeling like I was running behind. Oh, I need to I need to add this. Oh, I need to uh, I need to report this. I need to record this. I need to I need to and it was my focus was completely away from my business and my life. So I kind of stopped uh being engaged. Is that bad, mm-hmm. Jess? No. Okay. No, I'm having the same problem. So I'm taking a little. Bit I have the same problem when I and I mean I, I mean I wonder if people think like especially on my Facebook like that I'm just like disappearing because I'm so I hate to say like I'm so busy and I mean I know that social media is important but I place so much of a stronger emphasis on it before and now I feel like I need to place more of a stronger emphasis on getting things accomplished that yeah. I'm not accomplishing fast enough because um talking and engaging and I'm not I don't it's sort of like you can't have your cake and eat it too if you're engaging and being seen then you're not creating how can you do both at the same time how can you manage does that mean you, you really you have to really hire VAs to do all the creating for you because you really are truly like just the idea person or I don't know I kind of want I don't know I'm struggling with this a lot. Yeah. I miss being seen and being present and and engaging in the conversation. But, you know, this agency isn't going to create itself. No, it's (laughs) – you're I have to – what am I supposed to do? Who? What – you know, even just hiring someone is like a lot of work. You got to come up with a job description and post it and manage it and interview. Like all of it is – 
work, a lot of work. So how do people do that? I don't have a good way of balancing that. I am either stuck under the sand or I am, you know, laying on the beach. That makes sense. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. I'm either drowning in quicksand or I'm sunbathing. Let's put it that way. I can never have it one way or the other. Yeah. I just at the same time. Yeah. I, I think that there, I keep thinking about that because there's a couple of things that I wanted to promote and I've been absent. You know what I mean? And, and it's been really great for me. I mean, I, I love, I actually feel very comfortable not being around a lot. And it's okay. And I don't it's, mind it either, but. But then there's a, a, yeah, there's an element of me that I was just like, oh, if I want to promote this, I don't want to just come out of the blue and be like, hey, yeah, part of me feels I've like been gone, right buy do. this right. or look at this, you know, and it's just like, uh, I don't know, I need, there has to be a bot, uh, like a, a mix in there and I haven't fi- found that myself. And I've also really been enjoying being productive, which it's what you're talking about. Like I've been enjoying yes. getting things done. And so... I don't have to tell anybody else what I've been doing, but I have been doing a lot, you know, and my days are packed. Like today's like a huge day for me. And I guess I'm not sure where that balance is. So I've had to kind of scale it back because energetically it pulls at me too much to respond and to engage in certain conversations that are not moving me forward and our stuff forward. So I think I'm coming to a, a, a good place, though. So I'm not feeling too overwhelmed with it, but it's, I'm still like, I'm completely MIA. <laughs> yeah. Where, it's where not on purpose. Just no, so it's not on purpose. Yeah, it's not like I will never. It's just I haven't found the, the place yet, you know. So anyway, well, there's that. Yay. Maybe we need to have um, Natalie's uh, mastermind. <laughs> You know, that's a good segue. That is a good segue. uh, We probably do. Maybe she has a good idea of uh, helping us. Like, although it's not necessarily podcasting really, but she does have a really good way of like knowing how to manage everything. That is true. And then also, you know, because she just took off, um, not took off, but she went with her daughter for to a very special trip. Um, yeah, a little her, class trip to the East Coast. Yeah, and then so there was fam. There was tons of family time, and I'm sure that she, at some point, wasted. She she had to have a streamline of like the things that she really engaged with, and the things that she decided not to because of priorities. But actually, Natalie has something to say to us in this episode, and Natalie is mm-hmm. our sponsor for this episode. She is running a podcast mastermind, and you can find it over at bizchicks.com slash ShePodcast, which is a special landing page just for us, and she, like, you know, Jess and I were just talking, can help you out, but Natalie also sent us a little voice uh, feedback about how nice. to say her name, or, <laughs> or actually her business's name, which is really great. Biz chicks. Biz chicks. Biz chicks. Here we go. Hey there, Jess and Elsie. It's Natalie Ekdahl of the Biz Chicks podcast. I wanted to provide some audio feedback and uh, from episode 91 because you guys were having such a hard time saying Biz Chicks. So I wanted to give you a little lesson or how I say it or how I, how, what I think of when I'm saying it. So it's B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com. And I know that X is kind of hard and in the way, but to be honest, Biz Chicks with C-K-S at the end was not available when I was buying my URL. So I had to be creative. So the way to say it is to not think of it as an X at the end, but with chicks. 
C-K-S at the end. Uh, so biz chicks, that's how I say it and think of it when I'm saying it. I'm not trying to say biz chicks with an X. Does that sound even different? I don't know. But thank you so much for saying my name, my, my business name so many times on the air. That was awesome. I'm really honored to be sponsoring She Podcasts and to get to share with uh, women podcasters about the mastermind that I have going on, which is a women in podcasting mastermind. I host masterminds for my community, which are all w- female entrepreneurs. And it's something I love doing. It's I feel like I'm born to do this. I'm great at facilitating. I'm great at keeping track of time. Jess, you call me the hammer, but I always think of you as being the hammer. So uh, you crack me up that uh, that you think I'm so... Uh, like I'm, I have got my whip there and I'm whipping people into action. But I'm really all about all of us moving forward and creating momentum in everything we're doing. And I want podcasters to grow their audience. And I want women podcasters in particular to have successful shows that are reaching more people. And if monetizing is part of your strategy, I want us all to be uh, tackling some of these strategies. And some of them are a little scary to do on your own. And that's the value of the mastermind. When we come together in a group and you know, if there's six or eight of us in the group and we see that other people are moving forward in their goals and they're trying some things that are a little scary, it gives you confidence to try some of these uh, tactics and strategies for yourself. So that's what I'm trying to build and create. And that is why I chose to sponsor She Podcasts. First, my main reason was to give back to you guys and to thank you for all that you've given to me as a member of the community. I've been a member since we just had a few hundred people in the in the group before you even launched this podcast. And I've watched it grow. And because of all that you guys give in there, which is so much. And so it's a way to give back to a show that I get a lot from. And also it's a way to have access to a niche market that I want access to, which are women podcasters. So I also, as part of this audio feedback message, and I think I'm doing my own uh, ad for you now, you guys, so you can take a break this week from sharing about the uh, women in podcasting mastermind. But I want to encourage other podcasters, especially women podcasters to sponsor other women podcasters. You know, many of us have businesses where uh, we're trying to reach Uh, a niche audience. So find a women podcaster who show you love and see if you can create a sponsorship relationship. It's been really successful for me to be on the show and to get to have access to this amazing group of listeners. So thank you for that. Thank you, She Podcasters. And if you're interested in the mastermind, this is for podcasters who have already launched. So if you're a female podcaster and are pre-launch, this isn't the right group for you because as after you launch, you will find it's a whole different ballgame than pre-launch. So there's a method to my madness on that. Uh, but it's for people that have an established show and are wanting to grow their audience and or monetize. You can find me at bizchicks.com slash she podcasts. And that's B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com slash she podcasts. Thank you, Natalie, for clarifying that. I think just the visual of not having an X and having a K-S really makes it, don't you think? Bizchicks. Yes, it does help. Right? Because then you don't get stuck with the X sound. Because otherwise it makes you want to say bixchicks. That's (laughs) And that's not what she she, is. So that was very helpful. Yes, that was very helpful. Thank you, Nat. So if you guys want to sign up with her, as you can hear, she's lovely. Uh, She podcast, I mean, sorry, bizchicks.com slash she podcasts, bizchicks.com slash she podcasts. And then you can um, find out what Natalie's all about in her mastermind.
Okay. Are you ready to get into some news? Yes, let's do the news, please. Okay. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Now, here's a little bit of news. Google Play Music is live for podcasts now. So at this time, podcasts are available for Google Play Music. And that will be Google Play Music, not Google Play. Google Play Music. And there's a little portal. There's a little podcast portal that's inside there. And you can actually only access it via the web interface or Android devices. As of now, uh, the iOS Google Play Music app does not have podcasts added to it. So if you have in the past submitted to Google Play Music your podcast, then you should have gotten a little like email coming at you saying like, thank you so much, blah, 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 this and that. And um, welcome to the club. And you should be accessible there because you do get a link after you've submitted to Google Play Music. That said, if you still have questions on the Libsyn blog, there is an FAQ question about how to do all the things that you're right now thinking in your head. You can just go ahead and click the link, how to submit your podcast into Google Play Music. Click the link in our show notes and you can see the FAQs there and you can get that taken care of. Yay. Ta-da. Ta-da. That's it. And now I have a little bit of news. Uh, Remember my voice workshop thing, the heart of podcasting and audio that I did for Casey. Yes, I do. Yeah, Casey Lightbody. So now you can actually sign up for the 2016 Marketing Retreat for Introverted Women. How about that? So if you're an introvert like me, you can check it out over at themarketingsummitonline.com. And obviously, this is uh, a marketing, in quotes, retreat here where you can listen to like a bunch of women talking about this stuff, about introversion and business and empowerment. Um, The retreat will run from May 3rd through the 6th. And my specific session is going to go live on May 3rd at 7 a.m., Australian time, actually, Australian Eastern Standard Time, which I'm not exactly sure what time that would be for us over here, but it, it is goes live on May 3rd at that time. So if you want to get like my masterclass for free, then you can go ahead and sign up and um, it's going to be super, super awesome. You should definitely check out the landing page. It's very beautiful. Again, Empowered Women Marketing Retreat 2016, just for introverted women. And you can get my The Heart of Podcasting and Audio Masterclass that goes live on May 3rd. And one last thing before we kind of take it to the main chunk of content here. I was also part of Creative Studio, which is a podcast, um, I would say about podcasting. And he, uh, at this time, is doing season number four. And I'm part of that season. I'm definitely part of the first episode. And he's going to let me know if I'm part of any other episodes. And it's sort of along the lines of he interviewed like a handful of people. And then he puts, you know, he has a theme for every one of the episodes. And he interjects like a bunch of people's voices answering certain questions to tell the story of what it takes to create a narrative podcast, which is what he's doing for his season. And it's it's very well done. He answers a lot of questions, especially about like how hard is it and should you even do a narrative podcast. So um, you guys can check the links in the show notes for that. Yay. Right on. Right on. And now we have... Our second sponsor of the episode, Team Podcast. Go, Jess, go. 
Well, Team Podcast, which is owned by Christy Hausler, their company is kind of like your Gal Friday. They do everything for your podcast that you don't want to do, even the stuff that you do want to do, like editing, graphics, social media, show notes, posting, scheduling, everything. So you can just make your content and then pass it right over. You can grow your audience, monetize your show, do things that you'll actually have time to do because you're giving stuff to Team Podcast. So if you just give them the raw audio file, they take care of everything. Uh, you can keep working on your strategy, not backwards on being stuck in the quicksand we were talking about earlier with all the tasks. So it's more affordable than you think. So check out teampodcast.com because, I mean, if your time is worth more than what you're spending doing, the things that you need to do just to keep your podcast running, you should really check her out. Plus, she's like the nicest lady ever. And she has a lot of so. knowledge. And if you guys don't know, I'm sure you've come across Christy do over her. at the on the She Podcast group because she offers so much value in that group. A lot of value you in that group. Her. Yeah. So go check it out. Teampodcast.com. Thank you so much for your sponsorship, lovely. And yes, love you, Christy. Yay. I do mean it. And we do, and we do mean it. <laughs> All right, so now we're moving into the like main chunk of our content here, which is this like massive blog post that Tim Ferriss put out about podcasting that like blew my head open. Because well, yeah, cuz I really I very much like his work. I really do like his work. He is very masculine, of course. He's very in the male. He's a he's a guy. He's very guy. Guy, guy, guy. <laughs> As opposed to us not being very feminine. <laughs> what does that even mean? No, no, no. He is a total guy. We are not. So what I'm saying is that there are a lot of guy things and thing. the way that he thinks and the way that he does things is very male. Right? Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. That's his, his energy is very male. Like there's everything he does is very male, which is fine. But his interviews are are some of the best that I've ever heard. Like a lot of the time that I get into his podcast I end up learning so much from the conversations that he has. And also because I really love the way he, I like the way that he asks the question. Like he's just so good at what he does or he, and he tries to be better and he's so curious and, and his guests are great. So anyway, he wrote this entire blog post. It's like a gazillion, jillion pages long about podcasting and what it um, has done. And I think the reason that he put this out is because his audience asked him for it, right? So the title itself is a little funky for my taste, how I built my number one ranked podcast with 60 million plus downloads. But it's just the guy knows how to write headlines. And then he just goes down and breaks it down. And there there was a lot of wisdom in this post that I very, very much resonated with. And I'm glad that he said, I just wish people would listen. And I just think that this is a really great framework to start a conversation about podcasting, up-leveling your stuff, when a podcast is good enough, and making money with your podcast. So mm-hmm. are you ready to dive deep, Jess? <laughs> Let's do it. I'm, I'm ready. Um, as ready as I get. All right. Well, I think that just to frame this from the beginning, um, he said that the podcast was never intended to be a business. It was a casual but creative break from big projects. So basically, he just wanted to play with long form audio content. That is all. So that already gives you an idea 
of you know his reason for being. And we ask this on Podcasting School for Women all the time. In fact, in the free module that we have uh, accessible, this is one of the biggest questions that we have in there. Like, why do you want to have a podcast? Like, what's the scoop? What? And then this already he this already sets up a specific energy, right? Because there's a difference between. I want this to be part of my business and I never intended this to be my business. So there's that. And um, his rationale around it was that worst case scenario, the experience would help him to improve interviewing and would help later in book projects. And um, then he he actually called this guy out, Scott Adams, who said that um, he would call that systems. You win even if you lose think type of thinking. So I ask you guys that are kind of listening, if you quit podcasting right now, if you totally stopped right now, and maybe possibly you just started or some of you guys have been doing this for a while, would you still win? What do you think, Jess? What about if we stop right now, do you think we won? Do you think that we won something? Even if we don't get the downloads, even if nobody's sending you feedback, even if no one's buying what you're selling? No. You don't think that we've won? Mm-mm. Why not? Because I think our whole mission would be over if we stopped podcasting. Oh. The point is to help people and educate them and support them and give them a different point of view. So if we stopped, we would put an end. I think we're winning as long as we do it in our case. I think that what I what he was talking about there, though, was that you don't think that you've won already making connections with people that you've never connected with before, getting the speaking engagements that you're already connecting with, having the course that we're already creating, having over 3,000 women in the podcasting group, in the you know Facebook group, being able to articulate who you are in the space uh, as well as you are right now. Like all of those things are not wins. Uh, in the words of Ayesha Tyler, a podcast movement last year, I'll rest when I'm dead. <laughs> so no, I don't know. I mean, they're, yes, they are wins. Uh, they are wins, but See, this is such a masculine way of looking at things. I hate win versus lose because I certainly wouldn't say that if we stop podcasting, we lose because we've accomplished a great deal that said like, okay, let's put it in different. Let's put it in she podcast terms, not okay. Ferris terms. Okay. okay. All right. Let's, let's rephrase the question. If we stop podcasting la- like tomorrow and this was our last show, would we feel accomplished? Yes. Would we be happy with our success so far? Wistfully, yes. I would probably still feel like we had a lot more to try and accomplish and and test, like our own live events that aren't like, you know, attached to other people's or I don't know, just there's other stuff that I think you and I want to try when our kids get a little older. Right. But yes, I would feel like we've accomplished a great deal. I'm extremely proud of this show and she podcasts and my own personal audio journey to from crackly bullshit microphone to decent microphone from not caring about microphones to having a one that I feel like makes me sound like a professional. Now I'm fidgeting. Sorry, John. I mean, yes, I would feel accomplished, but I don't, if I stopped, I would feel, I would feel like I didn't win because I'm not done doing it, I guess. And not only that, but I feel like I'm more excited now than I was when we started. But I think that what he's, he was getting at is that the way that people are thinking about podcasting is that it's all about the downloads. That when you start to do podcasting, we don't see about the little things that we've all learned. Like 
even the people who are just starting and they decide, you know what, after six episodes in, I don't know if this is worth it for me. What is the thing that really made it worth it for him? For him, he was able to say, hey, listen, if I only do six episodes, I got a chance to speak to these incredible people. I got an opportunity to figure out and, and get better at my interview skills. I was able to then, you know, find more because of the interviews themselves. I have more material for another book. So all of those different things you can shift. So I don't think that if somebody quits after six episodes and they think, you know what, this is not for me, that it's a pure loss. You can start to see how good they got at doing the tech, how more articulate they got behind the microphone, how they were able to, you know, get all of this information in in a, and to their audience in a whole new way, how they can have that information now and repurpose it in a different way. If you're not, if you don't have to podcast the way that we do and the way that you always mention. So I don't think that there's really that big of a loss. So I'm just asking our audience, do you think that you have accomplished to change the winning thing? That what are the positive things that you've done just trying to learn a podcast or starting to podcast and reframing it so that it's not about the download numbers and it's not about people are not engaging with me. Obviously, if people are stopping after not seeing incredible download numbers right away, they weren't in it for the right reason in the first place. Exactly. Which is, I think he has it framed properly because from the get-go, he said, this is not a business thing. This was a complete experiment. I was going to do six because I wanted to try this thing out. And it kept, and he's now over 150 episodes in. So, and also he mentions his business hierarchy. And I think he is very clear that he does not rely on the stuff mentioned that, that I'm going to mention here for many. He invested well. <laughs> and um, so he doesn't feel pressured to monetize a podcast, even though his numbers are, they're like insane. I, I don't even want to read his numbers because they seem like, don't bother. Yeah, just it's going to give just us a all lot. penis envy. It's so, yeah. And, Podcast and penis envy. And is that a new, can we talk about that as a new thing? Podcast I'm going to make t-shirts and say we have podcast penis envy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just painful, his numbers. They're like, for, yeah, they're just insane. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. But anyway, but here's how he frames his business hierarchy and how I I assume he, you know, he funnels or he, he focuses more on one than the other. Number one is his email newsletter. Number two is the blog and website. And number three is the podcast. So basically the newsletter, because obviously he owns that, they're his people, that's his platform. People are like right there and they're his people. And then the blog and the website, he says, I feel there is a greater appreciation of page value versus solid long form evergreen text content. The vast majority of my most popular posts are years old. And the best SEO is good, non-newsy content that remains relevant for years, end quote. What do you think about that, Jess? Because I know that you've been pushing for our web presence to be stronger in here, in this kind of thing. Yeah, I think the reason why he's right about that is just simply because of traffic. And even though we have good show notes and we have a site that's updated on a regular basis, we could get better traffic if we wrote articles. And so I would like to see... I mean, and the thing is, I've already written a lot of articles, so it's dumb for me not to put them on there. But we have to talk about, you know, where it would go into the like the editorial content and this and that. But I think the way he has it is smart because if you're Tim Ferriss, the money comes from the email list because they're already captured. The blog and the website is what brings people to the email list, and the podcast is what brings people to the website, which is what brings people to the email list. It's like the it's like a sales funnel. That's why it's number three, I think. 
Because people don't get off of a podcast and immediately give him money. They go to the website and then they poke around, fiddle, fiddle, read more, check it out, sign up for the email. And then probably that's how they, he closes the sale, whatever sa- the sale is. Yeah, totally. And then I think the sale he, could be anything. This is something that he says that really deeply resonates with me. But I want to know what you think about this, especially with the way that we've been having sponsors and, and whatnot and, and the way that we are now kind of moving into that space a little bit more fully, what we're doing with the group and everything. And then he is now, this is the beginning of the quote starts here, this seemingly lax approach. And he's talking about uh, the lax approach to his podcast, not being a business, if you will, or like one of the top ways that he's generating business appears to generate more revenue than if I focused on pushing product, my fan dedication and occasional conversion is high Precisely because I don't constantly bombard them with sales pitches and calls to action. Sure, I could make five to 10 million additional per year for one to three years until I burned my audience out. But these people, you, are worth far more to me than that. They're a high caliber bunch of people, people I want to be friends with rather than irritate. Your network is your net worth, end quote. So what do you think, Jess? 100% agree. So how much is too much for sponsorship and bringing, you know, having the sponsor in the show and you know, we have another sponsor and here. I mean, Elsie, you are asking that question all the time. I think I that you, I think we have an interesting dynamic in that I'm always pushing for us to make more money and you're always pushing back saying it's too much. We don't want to sell constantly. How can we make this less of a sell and more of a value add? And I think because you do that. It's even more of a win for our listeners and consequently probably for the people who are going to, you know, be part of my agency because I'm very conscious right now of the fact that, you know, I'm signing people that have five minute shows and how many ads can I sell on that show? And do I want to sell an ad on that show or should I just have that person who has a short show do a value ad that includes the advertiser? Because not because it's a softer sell, but because it is legitimately helpful that you're pushing me to create content that's both money making and legitimately helpful when normally I would just be like, sure, Christy, sure, Natalie, just send me what you want us to talk about. I'll record it and pop it on the ends of our show. Like if you did not exist and when I was doing Lady Business Radio, (laughs) I created – Hi, I just want you guys to check out MailChimp from Jamie DuBose. See you later, bye. And then it would be like, okay, today's show is whatever. But right. I pre-recorded all my ads and I didn't give a shit if it sounded the same every time. And I didn't give a shit if the music was the same underneath every time. And because you pushed me to do that in a large way, anything that you and I do going forward and hopefully the people who listen and certainly the people who work with me – will make podcast advertising something that's so much more than advertising. And so on the one hand, I do agree with his, yeah, I mean, I know he could make another couple million dollars, but I also feel like I think it's great that he doesn't want to bother and push and push and bother. On the other hand, I feel like he could still have that money if he did it in a, in a smarter way. He needs you to teach him how. Also, I thought it was interesting that this article had some comment. He had a comment from his managing editor that said, A, you don't do more than two sponsors per episode, but you could. B, you vet and use every single product and turn down 80% of advertisers. I just think that's a matter of integrity. And I would be, I would highly, highly discourage people who advertise for things they've never tried. 
because I mean, and that's not to say that I've been in Natalie's mastermind or that I've used Christy for team. I mean, I, I, we have actually used Christy for a couple of things, but like I can vouch for them personally and that's why I feel okay with it. But like there's other people that, you know, would maybe want to sponsor that we would say no, unless we worked with them or used their product or something. And then the third thing it's that the manager and editor said is um, you, you turn down sponsors that want you to do ridiculous reads. I've seen it multiple times where they're like, we need this to be longer and you tell them to fuck off. It's <laughs> important. This is important. You value your listener way more than they realize and do it to the tune of legitimately millions lost. It's not lost, but it is worth mentioning and understanding. And and every single one of these things that the editor included, I think, is something that every podcaster should do. They need to consider. I mean, I think you could do more than two sponsors per episode because you and I, we have a longer show. Not only that, but we talk about them in a way that I think, again, is valuable. Oh, and number four. The key, you want the ads, like the content to add value. You're hoping when you hear it for the first time, you think it's cool, new, different, or interesting. Otherwise, you don't share. When you hear it the fourth time, are you tired of it? Maybe. But your fourth time might be someone else's first. It's like comparing, it's like complaining about shared content on social media. Just because you've experienced it before doesn't mean everyone else has. Your job is to best serve the audience. So that's why Natalie may have given us a break this episode because we've been talking about it. But our audience, probably many of them have never heard us talk about it yet because this is their first time they're listening to us and therefore it should sound fascinating to us every single time and so that's why i think what you do for our show is so important because you make sure it does sound fascinating to us every single time we talk about our sponsors and it's really important i know that was like a little ranty i guess i didn't mean for it to be (laughs) no 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 yes it's true and i think part of it is that i you know, I do. I appreciate all that stuff. And I think it's You'll about- have a huge impact, hopefully, on the way podcasters do advertising because of yeah. this show. Yeah, hopefully. totally. Hopefully. And be able to also test it and also be able to see and ask the you know our listeners, do you like it inside the content? Would you prefer to do it the way Tim does it? Because Tim does it at the beginning and at the end, but he does a, a, a pretty big read. Like It's not like the way that you used to do Lady Business Radio- Spots. No, but they probably give him a script. They do, they do, but it sounds like he's saying it himself. Like he's using Tim language. And, yeah, of course. You know, That's what I mean, Howard does. Too. And I have yeah. to say that I'm often like Me Undies is the first time I ever heard of the company Me Undies was because of Tim, and I'm very curious about that. And the first You're time into I them, I thought, but you didn't want them me to go after them as a sponsor because they were kind of also into porn, right? Yes, totally. But at the yeah. same, but when I first <laughs> when I first heard about them, I was like. Oh, me undies. That's weird. And I didn't yeah. want to, like, I'm like, whatever. Who, why would I want male underwear? Because I thought it was for guys, right? And then the second time I heard it, I was like, oh, uh, you know, so. It, say their name again. I have to build them. Oh, no, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm kidding, huh? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But okay, so here's another thing. Then this is like, th- th- this adds up to what you were talking about, what you're doing with the platform metal, because that's what he's doing. So check this out. Any marginal short term loss is made up for by repeat sponsors and larger long-term purchase orders, which is so important. Larger long-term purchase orders. Okay, yeah, let's keep going. I also rig the game to, to tilt ROI for the sponsors by including blog posts, email newsletter, and social in the podcast sponsorship versus charging... Right, but they're charging not requesting sep- it of him. No, they're not. He's actually Whereas doing it. I... I make it part of the sponsorship package. Right. Well, he makes it part of the sponsorship package for free. And it's separately. So meaning he does not separately charge separately for these mentions. Basically, if you're buying sponsorship from him, nobody asks for this. It just comes with it. So he's employing the platform model to it. So that really – and then he says – 
my sponsorship clobbers competitors as the cumulative CPM is probably 50% below market because he's not charging for all of the stuff that if like he's not charging for the how many how incredibly powerful his email newsletter is, you know, how many uniques he gets on his blog post. That's just all par for the course. And he's just charging for a certain amount of CPMs that he is he's doing a CPM model, but he is also delivering a lot more. And mind you, he can because he's got the numbers. But what I'm saying is that he is understanding the value of the platform, which is what you're pushing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do push the platform model, but I, I don't do it as a value add because I think it undervalues that for the podcasters who aren't Tim Ferriss and have a bigger audience in those areas than they do on their podcast. Totally. And I think what this does is this validates it because it's valuable, period. That's it, because it's valuable already. So it's it's worth its own thing, um, even though at this moment he's not putting that out there. And then, you know, he gets into the conversation of that he didn't really start to accept any advertisers until he had 100,000 downloads plus per episode as measured six weeks after publication. So I don't want you to get a hold of that number, but I want you to set a number for yourself. So there's a lot of us that are not going to get to 100,000 downloads as measured after six weeks after publication. Like, I don't think we'll, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get to 100,000 downloads on one Somehow. of our episodes. <laughs> Some way. (laughs) Oh, my God. But that's insane. But what I'm saying is that there was a certain amount that he waited. Wait a minute. We're almost at 80. No, no, no. Per episode, six weeks after. So after we release this episode, when would we get 100,000 for this episode after six weeks after released? Christmas (laughs) of 2050. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Can't wait. See you there. <laughs> see, you, see you later, guys. <laughs> um, so when he said, then he says, no, novice por- podcasters, which I was, and bloggers get too distracted in nascent stages with monetization. In the first three to nine months, you should be honing your craft and putting out increasingly better work. What do you say, Jess? So, Elsie, what do you think about me taking on a client that has a large following in these other areas, but their show hasn't launched yet? You think I'm betting on what they call and have you heard the podcast? Did you? No, it's literally not. It's not. I mean, they may have interviews, but no, I haven't heard it. That's where I would. Um, that's what I would draw the line. Perhaps I would not. Yeah, I, I would actually. <laughs> we. I would say I love all this stuff. This is amazing. As an agent, that's how I would sit down. I'd be like, dude, this is amazing. This is great. You're powerful. I love your work and everything. Give me your first three episodes. I'll listen to them and then we can discuss whether or not you can sell that. Yeah. That's what I would do because. I just wanted to know how you felt about that. I mean, like as a podcast agent, it's Mm going to be hard to sell if there's no show to listen to. I have to at least. And I think it is, it is about that. It's about like, what is that like? Because it's like, that's the way I was seen in, you know, and I could understand now from the agent perspective when I was going for auditions, right? It's like, how do they know? What's that like X factor that that person has, right? Because there's right. tons. I mean, when you go to LA, every person is beautiful. Every single one. It doesn't matter what yeah, you're looking. But, everybody's beautiful. Right. So there's, if everybody's beautiful, 
and everybody's dressed so beautiful and everybody's body is like off the hook and it's just and they and everybody's talented and everybody you know then what is it then that's going to be the difference why why you and then that's where you have to really up your game and that's what he's talking actually he brings that up a lot where he says like nobody owes you anything yeah. <laughs> You got to just work harder. And I think that that's what I would think. If I'm selling sponsorship for that, I would sell sponsorship and I'd li- I have to listen to the podcast and give some feedback and be like, this, ne- you need to up your audio game or you need to put the first 10 episodes out and then switch it and then start to add sponsorship to that because, uh, because no. <laughs> because no. Because no, <laughs> not with this one. But I do think the, I do think the advice of spending the first three to nine months working on your content is very valuable. And there have been people who've wanted to be represented that just aren't ready yet because they haven't been podcasting long enough. That's all there is to it. Yeah, there's a certain level of uh, mastery that comes from getting the, behind the mic and either going at it on your own or reaching out to somebody else and booking your stuff and having interviews and talking to people and even with the co-hosts. I mean, you get to know so much about your podcast and your work and whatnot. So, and it's also really good because of people like John, people who are part of kind of like the She Podcast team. What did he want to be called? We have to find that out. Um, because Diva, hold on. It's such a great name. But anyway, John has given us enough feedback to start to get to, you know, to take a step above with the content, right? And then he'd be like, ladies, listen to this segue. Did that work? Or ladies, l- listen to the sound. This We can't have that, you know? And, and it's great to have like a third party to be able to give you feedback so that we can continue to be better. And that doesn't happen right away. And when you first start, I would have been defeated if we would have just started right off the bat getting hardcore feedback from the beginning. It's like you have to get your feet wet and then go like, okay, now I'm ready to up level. So what does he want to be called? I'm still looking. You're still looking. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, wait. Here it is. Producer in charge of Diva Enhancement. That's right. Diva Enhancement. That's what we... That is his title. It's actually brilliant. It's a brilliant title. That's exactly what he does. He totally does that. He enhances the divas. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So here's another bit that I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is so good. So whenever possible, he says, quote, whenever possible, I avoid what I consider the bloodbath zone. Products of services priced from 20 to $100. This is where your customer will be at least one third high maintenance and cost sensitive. Quote. These are his own products, not yeah. These are his own yeah. These are his own products. So basically, what he does is he goes big all the time. So he doesn't necessarily do the ebook, the the low cost stuff. He's it's just like yeah, but that's because he's already written three books. That's true. Yeah, that's there's a truth to that. I get it, but it just it just makes me laugh because it's true. This is where your customers will be at least one third high maintenance. Yes, but where are you supposed to start? You can't just come out of the gate charging a buttload of money. No. You know, $7,000 a ticket for something you're, yeah, who's going to pay for that when you haven't proven yourself as someone they want to listen to? Well, yeah, that's true, which, but he has because he's 69 million downloads later, right? 69, that's insane. That's like- Because of his book, not the podcast. Right. But still, I mean, the the podcast is on its, by its own right is is pretty- Fantastic. I know, but hold on. He has one of the most famous business books in the world. It's right up there with Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, 
you know, like when people say business books, four hour work week comes off the tongue of almost everyone. It's like a household name, this guy. So his podcast, he can afford to say all, all that particular thing. I mean, yeah, a lot of his advice is great, but that particular thing, it's just like, it's not necessarily because of the podcast. I mean, I know it gets a lot of downloads, but that's because still because of the book. He didn't start with the podcast and all of a sudden he's – I can't think of one person who started as a just a podcaster that is this famous because of their podcast. Every single person who's this famous was doing something first. Who's the most famous people? Who are the most famous podcasters? Dan Carlin, I think, has done a pretty okay. fantastic Chris, job. Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, yeah. He was a podcaster first. Now he's more famous for doing other things. That's it. Adam Curry, MTV VJ. Mark Maron, stand-up comedian. Joe Rogan, stand-up comedian. Adam Carolla, stand-up comedian, television show host. Tim Ferriss, author. Right. <laughs> I mean. No, that's so true. I, that's true. So there is that. But there's a little nugget of truth to that where it's like that it's true. And I think what it what I start to think about is like. Yeah, you're making a little bit of money when you're selling these little products, but then, you know, what you pay for customer service and people having troubles is hard. I mean, that really- I agree. It's annoying. I, of course, I'm the one paying. I mean, yeah, of course. I get it. So I'm just saying that that's something to think about, that a lot yeah. of the time as a business person or even as an entrepreneur or even if you're a podcaster and you just want to sell a little something, just a little something- you know, and you think like, oh, you know what? I'll just get started. I'll sell this little ebook, right? This little, for 20 bucks or something like that. And what happens is that a lot of the time getting that stuff out there, yeah, it's great. But then you are going to get a lot of people who are a little bit on the high maintenance side of things. And if you're not prepared to do the, you know, support, it might get a little overwhelming. And then all of a sudden you're like, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. <laughs> It's not, but it's worth out. it so that it's worth it so that people understand that you if you don't put out those little products, you can't offer bigger ones. Yes. Okay. All, there is I, all right. I mean, you, you just can't. Okay. If you're just getting started, you have to do this. I mean, I understand. I mean, like I said, it's great that he's telling us this information, but he can he's in a position in his business now that he can afford to do that. And he actually mentioned some of this stuff because there's a lot of people who are saying exactly what you said. And he mentions that, well, like, you know, like everyone else at one point, I had zero readers and zero listeners. So he started out naked and afraid. <laughs> um, and yeah, then he funny. says, coming to the party with pre-existing audience isn't enough. Celebrities, YouTube icons and best-selling authors start podcasts every week that get abandoned three weeks later. Fortunately, the most common pitfalls are easy to avoid. And and then he starts to give like a bunch of advice here, like that that has some stuff. But here's a key bit of stuff that I think that is really important for you guys, especially those of you guys who are started. And he has a Tony Robbins quote that says, complexity is the enemy of execution. You do not need concert hall quality audio. Most people will be listening in the subway or car anyway, and they'll forgive you if recordings are rough around the edges. Audio engineers will never be fully satisfied with your audio, but 99.9% .9 of listeners will be happy if you're intelligible and loud enough. La la. I, probably, I agree with that. Which is really, really great. Yeah. So anytime that you start to things make it a little bit more complicated, you're going to end up paying in some way. Um, and it may be with not being able to get that much content out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then this quote here, I think I kind of want to put up somewhere because I think... <laughs> 
I love this so much. So he says, my mantra for gear is borrowed from my podcast with Morgan Sporlock. The Morgan Sporlock said, once you get fancy, fancy gets broken. <laughs> keep it, <laughs> keep it simple. And that's true. Because the more you that's uplevel hilarious. the sound, the more you start to add the mixers and the fancy microphones and the thing and then that, it gets broken. It just breaks more. There's more possibility. Again, again, coming back to the complexity issue. How simple can you keep it and still keep up-leveling the quality uh, that you're putting out, but not really start to go crazy because then there's too many knobs. It's too many things that could go wrong. So I love, isn't that so fun? Once you get fancy, fancy gets broken. Mm-hmm. So true. I remember I had um, almost a $200 outfit sent to me by a yoga company. Uh, it was very cute or all organic, of course, like, you know, handmade by people in like some kind of third world country or something like that. Super expensive, totally high end. And I wore it. I put it on and I, I kid you not. I think uh, one second later, one of my toddlers at that time threw up on it. And, oh, my God. And it was just like, really? So that's what I'm saying. Once you get fancy, fancy gets broken. Oh my so, God, what a nightmare. It was, it was, it was, it, I, all, although, I, mind you, I did not have to pay for it. So that was somebody that sent me this, like, they sent me so much wonderful clothing. But I just thought like, you know what, could you imagine if I would have forked out hundreds of dollars for these beautiful yoga clothes to have my children? You know what it was? No, I forgot why I was so upset. You know that stuff you put on their peepees so that they don't get, um... <laughs> aquaphor or something yeah like the white crap yeah oh gosh desitin yeah yes that oh no i know never gonna come out i know oh no that's a disaster it was awful that's awful i've already been convinced we can't have nice things i know i keep telling my husband every day we can't have nice things (laughs) just can't you want to know what happened last night i have to tell you the story because it's completely off topic all right great so both my daughter and her boyfriend are new drivers Okay. And we have the kind of driving where you have to drive all the way to the back because it's like right off the road. So like you have to drive all the way to the back and there's a kind of like a little parking lot, like a little half of a plus sign where you can park all the way in the back. Anyway, so he was parking facing the deck. He parked facing the deck. Now he has a job at a grocery store and his shoes were a little greasy. So firstly, he came into the house, forgot to take his shoes off. He's such a nice kid. It makes me feel terrible. And every time he's here, he like helps with the groceries and helps with everything. He's the nicest kid. He came in, didn't and forgot to get shoes off. So we got grease. Like we have white carpet all over the house because the people who lived here before us are idiots, and um, we just haven't replaced the carpet. So there's grease all over the carpet. And then as he goes to leave, his foot slipped off the brake and he drove into our back deck. (gasps) Oh no! (laughs) And my husband is. Furious. Oh, He's no. furious. We're having people over this week because it's Passover. So like half the family is coming over. And now the way that they come in, because everyone drives all the way to the back and comes up the deck. It's like the rails wobbly. And I haven't even looked outside. I haven't even been outside. My, Scott was so angry. And he was just like, you will have this fixed and painted by Friday. I don't care if you have to buy wood and stain it yourself. He was so angry. And I was like, the kid oh, just man. learned how to drive. Give him a break. He would never do that. He idolizes Scott, too. Oh. I was like, give him a break. He would never do this on purpose. He's like, I don't give a shit. I was like, dude, haven't you learned we can't have nice things? I've been thrown up on so much this year. Like, come on. Oh, it's, everything it's so in this hard. room's it's been... So I mean, but it's like, we're sitting in the bedroom. Like, literally everything in this room's been peed on. Like, what is your problem? 
<laughs> like, why are you so – he was so angry. But it's like, this is just with children. You just can't have nice things. Yeah. You cannot have nice things. Yeah. I, I forgot what one of our things that just happened to me. Not, not, not to that extent, but it was mm-hmm. also another little something that I think we bought. Like a little – like, oh, this is so nice. And it was like, you know, broken. All the time. It's broken. It's, just, it's just broken. It's broken. You can't have nice things. I don't expect to have anything nice for another 20 years. And this was his choice. Yeah. He wanted another baby. And this is what happens. Well, there, there you have it. Yeah, there you have but, it. Yeah. So um, I have one last quote here. And um, we can close up this sort of yeah, discussion sorry. here. But this last quote, mm-hmm. um, I think that you couldn't have said it better. And I, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's so Jessica. <laughs> he says. Yeah. Quote, if you start out bad but are incrementally improving towards awesome, that's totally fine. If you're half-assing it and coasting it, find something else you can whole ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's very true. Whole ass, half-ass. So anyway, yes. So basically, buck up, yo. If you guys are – and see, I think that this is one of my biggest challenges when I hear people asking, uh, how can we make money? It's a constant question. How can I get sponsors? When can I do – and then there's such a focus on that, but there's really no focus on streamlining or making the content better. The expectation is that if you can just batch produce something – if you can spend the least amount creating the content, you're going to still be able to score sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I just don't – I feel that there is an energetic exchange to that. The level of care that you put – and this goes to the, the people who are putting an incredible level of care too to just creating content and not to promoting themselves because it goes both ways. The same level of care, the same level of – of wanting to be better goes to both sides, both to creating and up-leveling your content and to refining your ability to connect with audiences and sponsors. It requires the same amount of energy. Agree. Concur. And period. And move on. Yeah. And the end. So if you guys want to read that article, it really is a gigantic read. So let us know what you think. It's worth you scoping over. It's worth you checking out. It's a nice, uh, nice Definitely. article. All right. So also we want to thank John. Hi, John from AudioEditingSolutions.com and also Rebecca at ClrVirtualConnections.com and Darlene from DarleneVictoria.com for helping me this week. And always John for editing our show and being just generally fantastic. You can find us on social media at She Podcast everywhere. But also don't forget to sign up for our Brunch Bash the day after Podcast Movement in Chicago. And it's the 9th. It's uh, ShePodcast.com forward slash PM16. That's it for us. Yeah, peace out, yo. The Endicles. The <laughs> Endicles. <laughs> the Endicles and we love you. We love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.